And welcome to the Horse Racing Happy Hour. Clink. Oh. I was going to say, I don't have anything else to clink with. Maybe this is not working. This is already not <laughs> off to a good start. Oh, this is what happens when we're missing one of our, our key players. Um, I'm Megan Devine, Megan Devine TV. Louis Rubeau over there to my left on the screen. And right below is the fabulous JD Fox at Horse Tickets. And we are the Horse Racing Happy Hour. Welcome, friends. Hi, Megan. How are you? I am doing just fine, you know, surviving, <laughs> thriving here in Kentucky in the summertime as we uh, we wind down the Triple Crown season, which is just always bonkers, I feel like. It just always goes by very quickly. And um, I uh, I disagree with much of horse racing Twitter about the Belmont card, so I'm uh, looking forward to Saturday. should be good. Okay. There we go. JD, how are you? Uh, I'm doing well. You talked about getting through the summer in Kentucky. Uh Nice 107 <laughs> degrees outside while I do this show here in Arizona. And I, you know, have my mm -hmm. light on. So we'll see. We'll see how long that lasts for the show. Oh, my god! If you gosh. just see me yeah. sprinting. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> I talked to my, yeah. my mother-in-law, who also lives in Arizona, last night. And she was like, oh, yeah, it's like, it's like 108, 110 here right now. And I was like, how do you do that? What? How? No. She was like, you basically just don't go outside. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's the you way to stay survive, indoors with the air conditioning, and then you get uh, you get the uh, the water cooled fans for your horses and cows. And mm -hmm. I I live in kind of the horse and cattle area here south of Phoenix, and uh, you will see both the expensive <laughs> things you can buy and everybody's favorite, the homemade solutions. I, I think you know, oh yeah, every farm has something different, so. Mm -hmm. You could use bearing twine for a whole lot of things. <laughs> it's, it's true. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. So we, of course, uh, as I mentioned, are missing one of our team members, um, Mike Gandalfo, you know, more famously known as Big Fudge, I guess. The, um, the biggest fudge. Is still in Italy. And I'm, I'm just so jealous. <laughs> I would like to go to Italy, <laughs> but I would like to go again, but I'm not pregnant. So I need all the wine and cheese and the things that I, the, that I want. The, cure, the cured meats and all those sorts of things. Yes. Oh, but but next time Megan, you go, you can really say mama Mia and talk. About right. Yourself. See, there you go. That'll be perfect. Yeah, I do. I was talking about that with somebody this morning, hashtag dad wrote, which means you have to drink if you're new to our show, which I mean, come on, you guys have been following us for a while now. Um, anytime there's a dad joke, a hashtag comes up on the screen. If you're watching, we'll of course call it out for you too. Um, it, it is time for you to drink. So as you can see, Louis doing that. He's the ultimate dad right now though, because not only do you have, you got like the dad t-shirt going on, which I feel I do, like I have some my, sort of my camp, academic right? It's a camp. It's okay. an academic team coach's shirt. Yeah. Oh, it's very bad. Yeah. Oh, mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the wired, the wired headphones. <laughs> You're damn right. I do. Never With given the these beer, up. <laughs> the beer. The yeah. beer in the backyard. And what else you got in the other hand? What's going on uh, there? A little single barrel cigar tonight. Getting, uh, getting my smoky <laughs> own. See how long we can go with this one. But we've been averaging about 55 minutes on a single barrel. So check them out. Single nice. barrel cigar company. There you go. Which one is that tonight? This is the Maduro, so the more spicy one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. A little spice. A little spice. Spice up spice. that dad action there. Yeah. There I, you go. I, had 
I already had a spicy day. I thought I'd have a spicy cigar. So there you go. What happened in your day today? Man. Okay. So like people, um, suggestion Humans. when you're driving your car, have all four tires on it. Cause I decided to do that today without all four tires and then ended up, mm-hmm. um, the car on a busy road that has a lot of semi truck traffic. Um, I, I suggest against this very highly. Um, and so I, I was quite, um, yeah, it wasn't good for a little while. It just <laughs> fell off. Hands. What? Yeah. The I don't guy understand. Didn't, he didn't bolt it on properly after a tire rotation. And so, um, oh my I gosh. was, I was down to, to three tires and luckily the car didn't get totally, totally messed up or destroyed. We missed the Pepsi, uh, semi truck by about a foot and a half probably, which is good. <laughs> at a re- relatively bad for my car rate of speed and so oh my uh, gosh yeah so we're well, doing this instead there you go <laughs> luckily you're okay louis so i can make yeah. jokes like when your car says all-wheel drive it means four it, it, you can't get away with three there <laughs> i'll yeah, drink I'll exactly drink. <laughs> <laughs> the dad joke there i just love the um <laughs> i feel like the the slogan of pepsi is is pepsi okay yeah, when when you go to a place they don't have Coke, you ask for a Coke. <laughs> Is Pepsi okay? <laughs> so luckily, you and Pepsi were both okay in this situation. See, there you go. JD's got a Coke. Not even a sponsor of the show, but right. Uh, yeah, sponsor so, of okay, my life, well, more like Megan. <laughs> I mean, we all have some of those. It's fine. <laughs> right now, for me, salt and vinegar chips is the sponsor of my life, is what I have recently been diving into. So <laughs> it changes weekly, but um. All right, so we had some racing last week that we talked about at uh, at Churchill Downs, and what a huh, what a card it was. What were your overall thoughts of the action there, Louis? I think a lot of that can just be explained by one person swept the late pick five for four hundred and fifty-four thousand dollars. Four hundred, I know. I saw. And so, and so, what was cool? Like, what was cool was, you know, um, unfortunately, they had the bad storm. In Miami, so Gulfstream didn't run on right. that Saturday, so yeah. everyone migrated to the to the Churchill card because it had all the stakes at the end of the card, and and I, I was glad they did. I was bet the card wasn't hit and bleep, and then um, we get we get to the end, and I'm like, man, somebody could sweep this card, but I, I don't I don't know. We're not going to go forty to one again. Yeah, we're going forty to one again, and so uh, I forget who it was. Someone actually gave the horse out as their top pick, and so shout out to them. Um, those those Turfway Park horses, man. Got to look out. They're running well when they leave. So pretty incredible. Yeah. I I did not have, um, <laughs> who was it, in the first leg of the pick five, the two horse. She's all wolf. Oh, that yeah. That one, not, I did, wasn't even close to, to having that. So that horse won the, uh, what was the first stake? It was the the Shawnee, right? Yeah. The, the listed stakes race for $200,000. Um, right. Got a, a grade three we'll talk about later that's barely that. Um, and then the Arlington, of course, which ran at Churchill Downs for the first time, was won by the one admission office who came off like pretty extended vacation and just was like, "No, nah, I'm good. I'm here." <laughs> that one at least made you could yeah. you could, you made a case for that horse, right? Like that's a horse for that sure. we've watched before that we've seen in graded company. So it wasn't like that horse of all the class of the day. That was that was the one that was like, "Okay, we get it." That that's one. That and if happen. you're and if you're looking at the morning line, you three to one morning line went off at seven right. to one, right. floated up uh, and and got the job done there. But uh, it just kept going. A horse I've given out in the past as a as a front runner, Bango, all of a sudden yeah. regained form that we saw last year <laughs> and blew as a Necker Island away. Yeah, as a closer. Exactly. I, I I don't know what I don't know what happened there. 
I'm right there with you. And then we, of course, had dynamic one for Todd Pletcher. So I guess Pletcher go Pletcher in the blame. But still, I mean, you had a few other horses in there, like American Revolution, who people were really high on. Um, Scalding as well, who was on a bit of a win streak. And then and then uh, dynamic one was just like, hold my beer because this is my race. Well, uh, and that's the last time you're going to get those kinds of prices on Tyler at the Churchill Downs meet. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. He is just yeah. uh, absolutely incredible. Uh, the Audubon, anybody have, what was it, Kitto Don? Yeah. Is that, no? <laughs> I did in January no, did. at Turfway Park. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so, yeah, that, that's the last that time I had that count. Yeah. No, it yeah. does not count. You're right. It doesn't. Yeah. No, no. Do you know what's hilarious, though? <laughs> the hilarious thing. So I texted Megan from the track on Sunday. Uh, I got to choose the the family day out, of course. And and actually, our uh-huh. kids, we, we gave them a couple of options. And they said, oh, we haven't been to Churchill yet this year. We'd like to go. So we go. And when I'm with my wife, full disclosure, I don't bet as much as when my wife isn't there. And so I played <laughs> an early pick three. It was a $4 total ticket. It hit for 60 yeah. bucks. And then I played the early pick four for $3. I sent this ticket to JD. There's actual receipts on this thing. And it hit for, I played it for a $3 ticket. It hit for 88 bucks. And so, Sweet. yeah, now for returns, I'll take them, right? You know, it's just, it, it, if my wife weren't there, I would have played that for like $16 or something, like played it four times or something, <laughs> you know, but um, it's still fun to put $7 down and get 145 back. So it could be, yeah, could be a lot worse. One of the best things, like, I don't know if JD's gotten to do this, but like the husband move where you go to the window and you cash out and you just like slip your wife a hundred dollar bill, like, oh yeah, I'm good at this. Here you go. Like, and she's like, oh, <laughs> hey. This is great, and um, I like I like Churchill Downs, and so uh, that that's a that's always a good feeling as a as a as a gambler who brings his family to the track. So there you go. Well, why didn't you have the late pick three for like three dollars, Louis? Because by my math, which is very rudimentary, that would have been about ten, a little over ten grand. If ten grand, yeah, bucks. Right. yeah, yeah. Because it paid uh, it, it paid sixteen eighty. It paid sixteen eighty seven for fifty cents. So, <laughs> unbelievable, yeah. incredible. Yeah, but the early the I, early uh... sequence was really was really interesting. About a couple of really obvious winners to me in that late part of the pick four, which is why right. I played a small ticket. But uh, but yeah, it was very much the opposite of Saturday. Well, so there you go. I mean, I think it's a good conversation to have before we talk about Belmont because you know you you have these um you had a card that looked like it could be pretty chalky in a lot of spots. Right. And then it ended up not being that. And so as we kind of dive into the Belmont card, it, it looks the same way. And obviously you're dealing with, I don't even know how many grade ones I have to go back and count a significant amount. So these horses are, you know, much more than the listed stakes races say that we were dealing with for most of the card there in Churchill Downs. But it, it, in many cases looks like it could be a chalk eating weasel fest or, you know, are we going to see some big upset numbers and hopefully get some prices here and there. So it'll be interesting. What, what, what were your, your thoughts, Louie, on the Belmont card coming up? I, uh, I, while field sizes aren't big, we're seeing all the very best in the, in the different divisions. So getting Echo Zulu and Monterey, for example, in the acorn is awesome. Um, in the just a game, getting speak of the devil uh, back in really terrific horse um then you go to the woody stevens and you got a really nice uh jack christopher there you go to the ogden phipps you get malafat you get latruska um arrest me reds in the japer who's a really nice horse and so it's just over and over and over again it within their individual you know groupings you get the very best horses at the top of the field and i think that's you know if you're just a fan of the sport a fan of watching the horses run and not necessarily of gambling 
obviously you're going to have to get creative to try to make some money this weekend. If you think those horses mm-hmm. are going to show up if class gone class. Right. Um, but it's a, um, I class it. class. yeah, I think it's a fun, <laughs> I, I think it's a fun card. And I think I do actually, I have a, I have a, a hard play against that. I think will Megan's going to say is very stupid, which I'm looking forward to. Really? And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, I'm uh, so interested to see that. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's a. I think there's a couple of spots where you're going to have to either get creative or, um, I, I think there's one race especially where you have an opportunity to really spread because yeah. I'm not at all sure who's going to win. So there you go. Well, and I love one this thing, card too. Go ahead, JD. I was going to say one thing before we get into that, and I've heard a lot about this. I, I wanted to give everybody an up to date as of thursday evening weather forecast because all week it looked oh, yeah. like it was going to rain on saturday now we're down to a 20 percent chance of rain and only about a 12 percent chance of rain at the time of the belmont stakes it's gonna looks like it's gonna rain later on in the evening if it's going right. to rain so i think there cool. were some concerns short fields and rain no the concerns now just short fields Yep. Just short fields. Okay. Well, at least we're just down to there. Uh, yeah, no, it's, um, it'll be an interesting day. And I love the fact that, you know, one of our biggest shows, at least recently this year was our Derby show, of course, our Oaks and Derby. And you've got a lot of horses coming back this weekend, specifically uh, at Belmont in some of those big races that we saw, you know, we got to handicap and talk about on the live show there at Churchill Downs on, on ESPN um, 680. And, I mean, there were some serious superstars, I thought, that popped their heads off. You know, it was definitely a, a, a coming out party for a few. So I, I'm hoping that some of those will come through. Obviously, we'll, we'll talk about them here. Um, but to tease you a little bit, we will, uh, we'll talk about Belmont in the third section. We're going to go to um, segment two, which is the stakes races elsewhere. We've got uh, a grade three at Santa Anita Park, race number seven. And uh, that is a mile and a 16th on the dirt for three-year-old horses for $100,000. And, you know, not, not, not a besmirchment to Santa Anita Park per se, but this is just a great example of just the, the awesome purses that you find here in Kentucky, because this is a, you know, $100,000 grade three event. And I think you've got like a overnight stakes race, which is basically an allowance plus at Churchill Downs. Um, and it's for like $160,000. So Good on Kentucky for being able to uh, to put those up there. But JD, let's go to you first. What what do you think about the affirmed? Who'd you go with here? Well, I will tell those that are scoring at home uh, that four of these six horses were trained by Bob Baffert. Yes. Um, which uh, means this is a very interesting uh, race. And obviously, a couple, uh, you know, Doppelganger was a horse that was on the Derby Trail. Um, disappointed in the Arkansas Derby, then ran on Derby Day in the Pat Day Mile. Disappointed there as well. Uh, maybe the, uh, the the smog back in LA is what this horse has needed. Uh, put in <laughs> two straight bullet works, uh, going five furlong. So obviously they think the horse needed a little condition. Those weren't four furlong works. Those were five furlong works. Fifty nine yeah. and four followed by fifty nine. I mean that's serious business. Um, so I'm going to sure. give Doppelganger another chance here. And I think Doppelganger's uh, potentially a horse that you could single. Uh, this kicks off a uh, late pick four at Santa Anita in race seven. Yeah, Louie, what'd you think there? Uh, I decided I choose none of these horses. I don't like any of them. Um, <laughs> but since Somebody's I have to choose one, the wire I know. Give me yeah. a high connection who at least has that two-turn experience, lost to a speedy Armagnac last time out. 
in that optional claimer. I've never been more confused, by the way, in any year by the Southern California crop than I am this year. A lot of that, of course, has to do uh, with with the uh, with the, the the former training of Bob Baffert not being there anymore. Of course, this race is a perfect example of that three year old group and just not being able to figure it out. Um, I would not be surprised. I wrote in my notes if uh, Doppelganger or Newgrange won. A weird group and a weird crop. I agree with the morning, morning line maker, though, that I think that high connection is going to be your winner here. I Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think um, high connection is the way to go for Sean McCarthy. You know, this horse on debut at six and a half furlongs won by 10 lengths at the time was trained by Bob Baffert. Um, but it looked like a really, really good performance. And then they stretched the horse out for the first time. And I thought he actually ran very well to finish second. You know, he kind of sat in that, well, he did actually sit in that second place spot for the entirety of the race. But First time stretching out, it was a pretty good performance. And he was favored at 70 cents on the dollar above Armagnac, who ended up right. winning that race. Um, and that's with not a great start. That horse stumbled pretty bad, significant enough that I thought it it had some validity in the running lines there where it said stumbled a bit, um, bumped, I think it said, uh, in that race as well. So, you know, only two races so far for this horse, lightly raced. But Sean McCarthy having an excellent meet so far, winning at 25% yes. since he's gotten this good stock. And you get the services of um, Juan Hernandez as well, who was aboard last time and is winning at 23%. So I, I'm right there with you. But to me, it's a two-horse race. I think it's high connection. And then Doppelganger. Uh, I agree with JD. I think this horse wants to run here at in California. Last time ran up against Jack Christopher. I don't know what happened in the Arkansas Derby. You know, and I don't – I don't know. I – it's I love the track Los Alamitos and I love the quarter horse racing there, but sometimes the thoroughbred racing makes me a little bit wary. And the fact that this horse's one win came in that maiden special weight at Los Al, I'm kind of, you know, I don't know if I give it as much credit as I do say a maiden special weight win at Santa Anita, which is where high connection came from. So agree with you both there. Um, let's ship up to Northern California with Golden Gate Fields. Race number nine is going to be the Albany. And you've got a really good sized field here. Five furlongs there on the turf course. Um, and we have the returning champion from last year, which is the 10 horse. Give me the loot. Louie, where are you going in this one? I we think give me Gate. the loot is going to get the loot again. <laughs> Let's go. The angle here is coming in fresh for trainer Andy Mathis. Amongst the best, mm -hmm. frankly, in North America, bringing horses off the layoff. You're not going to get much of a price on this horse, but he's the class here. He's last year's winner, like you mentioned. I think the second best horse in this race is the four Ultimate Bango, which is a seven-year-old gelded cowbred who has six wins in his life. So if that's the competition, give me, give me the loot. Dang, I'm sorry I said mm -hmm. that. Give uh, the 10, give me the loot um, right. as a single, and I think you move on with your day. It's not very often, by the way, that you get to single at Golden Gate Fields. And so if you can do that in a 10-horse race, uh, that's a that's a huge advantage in a longer ticket. JD, what do you think? I also like an Andy Mathis horse. But I like Ooh. a different Andy Mathis horse. I like the seven perfectionistic. I, okay. I swore I was going to screw that name up, but perfectionistic. <laughs> uh, the Lasix is coming off. But what I what I like about this horse is has shown some, you know, ability to go from back of the pack. But also last time they tried, you know, getting this horse out front going a mile. I think really what that kind of sets up is trying to get this horse closer in the sprint. Really, I mean, right. if you watch the uh, if you watch the ride that Espinoza put on this horse, 
I mean, it was a drive. It was, this horse was hustled. So I think that mm -hmm. was kind of a lesson. And while this horse is five years old, that was only start 11, um, mm -hmm. you know, very lightly ran horse that I think is still learning and still figuring out what, uh, what it wants to be as a running style. So I'm willing to look at perfectionistic at a, at a bit of a price here. I mean, give me the loot is obviously the horse here. And if you were to, to get me for numbers, it'd be 10, seven, two and four in that order. In this okay. Race. And I will add one thing, Megan is I think as a fan of horse racing, Belmont is where your where your mind is at this weekend. If you're a fan of wagering, I think this card at golden gates, probably the best one on offer on Saturday. And yeah, on Sunday, I mean Mandatory payouts on Sunday at Golden Gate, too. I agree. I think the, I mean, even just field sizes alone, you know, you look at this field, you look at the rest of the card, I think there's some really competitive races. So I think you're spot on with that. Plus, you've got, you know, you, you've got your turf racing, plus you've got um, <clears throat> the, the synthetic as well. And at least here in the Midwest, as we we're going to um, reduce the amount of racing that's happening on the, uh, the turf at Churchill Downs, you're kind of looking, I think, for turf races elsewhere in the country because I think often they do provide a significant amount of value at least more than dirt racing on average but uh but yeah i i'm right there with you i also agree with the two of you in my top two picks which is the uh returning champ the 10 um i agree with everything there i think the fact that this horse has just had a lot of good success here not only at this distance but also at golden gate fields i think you you excuse the last two efforts you know they weren't here at golden gate they were against some tough fields last year at san anita park um I, I think the result from last time finishing six was bad, but if you look at the margin, it was only by two and a half. So it was a blanket finish that day. Uh, before that, this horse ran in a grade three, which was a, a huge effort for this one um, and finished second to Lieutenant Dan, who's a very good horse. And if you you know go back from there, obviously you get to last year's Albany. So a, a lot of time between races, it seems like and this horse is coming off a layoff, which I think is maybe one of the only things that you question. But trainer Andy Mathis wins at 38% uh, when breaking horses back off an extended break from the racetrack. Yeah. So agree with you on that one. And then obviously perfectionists for a lot of the same reasons. I like the experience at the distance, especially since some of those better races for this horse came at the Southern California tracks like Santa Anita and Del Mar. Um, and then I added in just for fun. Uh, <laughs> the five horse who is a mayor facing the boys here. If you wanted to wrap I agree with you, by the way. Yes. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I think you've got a lot of horses in this field that um, are switching over from the synthetic. They're going to try the turf here. Uh, and although, you know, she's never faced the boys before, she is really experienced both on this course, on the turf course here at Golden Gate, three for four lifetime, and then the same with the distance as well. So obviously she's got to step her game up if she's going to face open company. But I think that she she's certainly done some good running in her career. So I don't know how much you can fault her besides just the fact that she's not a Coulter Gelding in here, you know? Right. So I agree with you there. Um, obviously, we mentioned some uh, some really nice wagers at Golden Gate and really nice card. This race, exact trifecta, superfecta, super high five, and a double for you there. Um, our race we talked about at San Diego Park does start the late pick four. We're going to bring it back to the Midwest for Saturday. The Mighty Bow, $160,000 overnight stakes. And that is five furlongs on the grass. So as I mentioned, they are going to reduce the amount of grass racing at Churchill Downs to give the course a little bit of time to, to grow and get the roots to take hold a bit. Um, we have had a, a pretty dry season yeah. here in Kentucky. 
I mean, we really have not gotten a lot of rain, all things considered, uh, as much as we usually do. So I think that's definitely affected the brand new turf course that they put in. And unfortunate for them, because that was a, a hefty $10 million investment. Um, but I think it'll be great. They just need to give it a little bit of a rest. So this race still on the turf, although many others coming off. I I went to the two just might for Michelle Lovell in here. This is just such a hard trying gelding. I mean, he he loves this distance. He's obviously ran out of plenty of times. He's at 26 tries uh, at the five furlongs and five wins, six seconds, five thirds. You know, last time out, I, I think that was just a really tough race, a grade two race. This is not a grade two. He was in against a recipe red, um, brand Gregorian chant. Those are all nice horses and in the shaker town as well against golden pal, who I think is going to win easily at Royal Ascot, uh, in just a couple of weeks there at Keeneland, you know, you go back to this horses races before that and they're nearly flawless. So I, I think that just might is certainly a horse to look at in here. The only other one I thought, uh, is the four who's actually seven to five, I believe the favorite. And that is Karotari. Um, but never won here on the, on the turf course at Churchill. So I think maybe, maybe we can go and try to get a little bit of a price here. Hmm. Louie, what do you think? Uh, that Karotari is going to win. I looked at this race a okay. hundred times. Um, I'm, I'm starting to toss out the, the previous runs at the Churchill turf course. Cause this one doesn't play like the previous turf courses here. Mm -hmm. And, um, <clears throat> I keep coming back to Karatari because he's running golden pal type of splits. And I'm not joking. Like his splits are that good. If you want a longer shot, uh, Gerardo Corrales is having a, a really, really good meet at Churchill Downs. He's on the five Johnny unleashed. He ran behind a recipe red and golden pal in his last two out in the same races that Megan just mentioned, gets that class relief here um, in the right. mighty bow. I ended up four and five. Uh, a little bit shorter in the mighty bow because I do think Karatari is the, the class here, but I give, I give, um, yeah. I give Gerardo a serious chance here. JD. Yeah. And, and very similar. I, I think this is a, a narrow choice. I'm kind of splitting the difference. I'm two and five, uh, just might and Johnny unleashed. Um, there are some, some chances if you're looking to spice up trifecta superfecta, I'd look at the two outside horses here, creative credit and charcoal nice. and look past that both of these horses uh, broke their maiden at Mountaineer. They've done enough on the turf to make it interesting. I think Creative Credit um, ran in a handicap at 116 for Perry Oots, and I don't think there's a chance in heck. I don't see it, but there's not a, no chance Perry made 116 pounds at his age. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, uh, but uh, but you know gets 116 again coming off of a five for long you know victory. It was at yes, it was at Balterra, but. It was a decent enough performance, good number back, good time. Uh, so that horse can can factor in if it, if it gets a, a flyer out of the gate. And I think the same thing with Charcoal. Charcoal will be right off the pace. Um, and eight and nine, if they're okay without Lasix, uh, could factor into the uh, trifecta and superfecta. Cool. Yeah, agree with you there. Um, like Golden Gate Fields, Churchill Downs with a, a massive race card. They have 11 races carded there. Uh, so plenty to play along with if you're playing the East Coast. Uh, you might want to mix that in. I think a pretty decent um, <clears throat> group of horses as well. So that'll do it for the other stakes races that we're covering here today. Uh, we will ship over to Belmont where we've got just an unbelievable grouping of graded stakes races uh, and, and a talent of horses here. So it's a card that I know I'm really excited for. Obviously, the finale will be, uh, or I guess, second to last race. 
um, will be the Belmont Stakes, so the third leg of the Triple Crown. We will see the return of Rich Strike, who is the Kentucky Derby winner from this year, and a few other horses that you may have been following um, in their three-year-old campaign. We will start things off, though, with the Acorn, which um, I think is always a really exciting race. It is for the three-year-old filly, so essentially this is, you know, some of the horses that we talked about leading up to the Kentucky Oaks, Echo Zulu being one of those. Uh, it's over the one turn mile here at Belmont Park. And I, I'm actually going to take uh, Matarea. I love her in this spot so much. So I'm going to take her over the three to five favorite Echo Zulu. I actually thought she ran a better race last time than Echo Zulu. If you're, you know, going to, going to look at that. Um, she should sit the trip as far as the pace is concerned, sitting right off of it. And I think she's going to love one turn. Her only races where she didn't perform well uh, was she finished second to Secret Oath by over eight lengths. That was over two turns. The mile at Oakland is a two-turn race. Um, and then at Keeneland, going the mile 16th, obviously a two-turn race as well. In the grade one, Darley Alcibiades. We're talking about a one-turn mile here. This is a horse that loves seven furlongs. She was super impressive at Churchill Downs. Again, one of those horses that I thought I saw her run, and I thought she would just be an absolute superstar. So as much as I love Echo Zulu, um, and I am going to you know, use her as a backup, I just think Matarea is probably going to be the better horse, and I'm interested to see you know, by the time we get to post time how the odds shake out. Echo Zulu, I think a horse that needs the lead to me. She seems to be a little bit vulnerable in that way. I think um, she ran a really good race in the Kentucky Oaks, but Steve Asmussen may have tipped his hand a little bit that week and just said, I don't think she wants to go this long. Obviously, that's fine. She's going to get a little bit of a relief here because she's going from a mile and eighth to a mile. So I do think this will suit her better just as far as the connections are concerned. But, J.D., what do you think? I think you, you've got it nailed. I think the four and the five are going to hook up up front, and we'll see what happens there. I Now, I, I think if anybody in the field could potentially throw a wrench in that, I want to put the maiden out there inventing the two. Has ran two okay. solid races. Um and obviously Pletcher and Connections wouldn't throw this horse in the ring if they didn't feel like it was training well and had a chance in this spot. Has our Rad Ortiz yeah. Jr. aboard. I'm not sure. Doubt I Rad with a horse that obviously just unlocking the talent just ran the first one-turn mile at Churchill at three to five mm -hmm. and finished second. But um, I think if anybody upsets the aqua cart of the three inside horses, it's the two. But really, it's, it's between the four and the five. And... Uh, I think Echo Zulu is just uh, just a tad bit better, um, so I'm five four two in this spot, and I think well, uh, I think Louie wants to uh, beat Echo Zulu pretty badly here. Right? That's true, <laughs> because my dad thumbs up pick of the week is Monterey, who I have been talking up since Derby weekend. Megan knows very well. Um, <laughs> since that eight bells, I thought a great preview for the Acorn. Totally agree okay. with what Megan just said. Um, I think the only thing that could be a problem, and, and JD just brought it up. If those two hook up up front and it gets hectic, gets too fast, mm -hmm. I think there is a chance that another horse could come through and really blow up the early pick five, frankly. But yeah, I think I think Monterey has a chance to turn into a gamine minus. Like I think she's that good. Um, and so um, yeah, I, I'm I am not wavering from my feeling about this Philly. Um, I singled her on Oaks or Oaks or Derby Day, one or two. Uh, and then mm -hmm. um, I'll be. I'll be singling her this weekend. So there you go. I'm going to try to beat up okay. over the one turn because I do feel that strongly. So thumbs up for me for Monterey. I almost chose this horse as my green sheet pick, but I mm. had a feeling that you might do so. So I was like, you know what? I'm going <laughs> to save it. 
I'm going to save it for somewhere else. But I did want to say, um, just as far as pedigree is concerned, JD, you're two horse um, inventing for Todd Fletcher. The um, <clears throat> uh, oh, they the think a lot dam, of them. The third dam, it was uh, produced Secret Status, who won the um, Great on Mother Goose, which is obviously a New York race, and then the 2000 Kentucky Oaks. So, you know, with that kind of classic distance type of a, a pedigree in there, obviously, got to go a little bit further back, but. You know, they obviously think that this horse is worth something. They paid three hundred ninety thousand dollars for her, so she's uh, she's got a little bit of, of bloodlines to to boast there. All right, race number four. It is the Longines Just a Game, um, one mile the distance there on the Widener Turf Course. Bougie, bougie, um, let's go. Right, <laughs> it is the start of the pick four, which is races four through seven. There's a couple on the car. There's also something called the Double Triple Play. Uh, which is races four, eight, and 10. JD, who'd you go to in here? Well, I, I think really uh, you have to look past the horse that's obviously named after me, Legs Galore. And uh, you've got to look at the <laughs> at Regal Glory or Speak of the Devil. And I think, you you know, you're picking Chad Brown over Chad Brown. And sometimes it's the other Chad right. Brown. And in this case, I am going to choose the other Chad Brown and give uh, Regal Glory uh, a bit nice. of a rub here in the Just a Game. Um, really, I mm -hmm. think um, Lakes Galore is going to set a pace up front. I think it's going to be, you know, the only chance that horse has to win is to just run them off their feet. So I think really Regal Glory is going to get that just right stalking trip right behind the horse. I think Speak of the Devil is going to be further back. Obviously was a little closer to basically not a pace uh, in the in the. Uh, Amer North American debut in the uh, Churchill Distaff. I, I think we're going to see that horse probably a little further back. So I think Regal Glory will get first run. And that's why I will give Regal Glory a slight edge over Speak of the Devil. But they're two incredibly uh, talented mares. And uh, I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah. Louie, what do you think? Which which Chad Brown are you taking? <laughs> I, I had a dad joke ready. I got Chad okay. Brown in this one. <laughs> this one. Oh, hey, that's funny. <laughs> um, really funny. Th this is actually an interesting because unlike most turf races where you have a bunch of closers, you actually have a bunch of horses that like to either be up front or pressing the front in this. Mm -hmm. Flavian's aboard the one that's going to have a bunch to run at, and that's speaking the devil, the three. Uh, one on first asking in North America at Churchill Downs. It is one three straight, and one of the interesting things I, I saw um, looking back at the European performances She's won three straight, and all of them are left-handed. Seems to be her better mode of running. And so I'm going to trust mm -hmm. that. I'm going to single again here because I think you're going to have to do that to try to get value in some of these uh, these sequences. So I'm going to I'm going to single uh, Speak of the Devil to three. By uh, the well, way, I... four of the horses in this race have a graded stakes win. So I know it's, it's grade one. There's only five horses, but the, one through four all have graded stakes wins. This is a serious field. This is a very serious field. Um, my pinky... <laughs> Pinky's yes. up pick yes. yeah, for the Green Street Racing is Speak of the Devil. I can't tell you how impressed I was with this horse at Churchill. I mean, it was her first start in the U.S. We kind of thought, we talked about it live. We talked about her warm-up, et cetera, um, as she came out of the paddock on the show. And in the stretch, just the, the way that she covered ground. I mean, you talk about horses that breathe different air. Uh, she, her legs moved like, one and a half times quicker than everybody else. She just looked like she was covering so much ground. She absolutely loved the turf course at Churchill. Flavie and Pratt seemed to do really, really well with her. So I, I was super impressed by her. She immediately rocketed to the top of my list as far as horses to watch. And we're talking about 
you know, end of the year stuff, summer racing, obviously, and the Breeders' Cup. Um, so, yeah, my green sheet racing pick is going to be Speak of the Devil. So I did not pick your Matarea, Louis, but I think they are both super, <laughs> super talented. And we didn't pick Jack Christopher, which is pretty astonishing as well. So there you go. Well, we didn't get there yet. I know, oh, but what I'm know. saying is, yeah, yeah, as yeah, our yeah, like, yeah. most That's likely winner of the That's week. That's true. Yeah, there you go. Uh-huh. There you go. Yeah, there's still plenty of good horses to come. Um, yeah, I, I've got her on top. I, I think so highly of her. Obviously, Regal Glory being the other horse you Obviously. could consider there who, yep. you know, has done extremely well. The one thing you could say about Speak of the Devil is that she doesn't have a lot of experience here in the U.S., whereas Regal Glory has won 11 out of 18 races in the career. Most of those, I, I think all of those, most of those, I can't remember, uh, being in the U.S. So, yeah, I mean, but this is just a that graphic that J.D. had with the field is literally a Chad Brown burger. You've got a triple stack, <laughs> Chad Brown, with the bun being Phil D'Amato and Bill Mott on the bottom. So, yeah, it's it's uh, Chad Brown's world. We're just swimming in it. Um, race number five at Belmont Park is the grade two Brooklyn, a mile and a half distance. And uh, some familiar names, obviously Lone Rock, Max Player, who was on the Kentucky Derby Trail a few years ago. Um, fearless for Todd Pletcher, who we talked about a bit this year. JD, let's go to you first. Who, which of these marathon runners do you think is going to be able to uh, to get the distance there, Big Sandy? Well, I guess I have to take Louis's joke. I'm going to take a Pletcher. Um, I, I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually on the uh, on the five first Constitution here. Um, nice. Obviously, uh, you know, okay. one for fun in the slop last time out at even money in the flat out um, wasn't really challenged that day. Uh, but I don't feel that that was necessarily a, a, a sloppy surface that was favoring um, uh, front runners. That w- we actually saw a lot of runners that day come from behind. So I think that gives okay. a little bit more for first constitution. Um, you know, obviously uh, by constitution, that that breeding will uh, come up later in our discussions for sure. Um, but a little question about the mile and a half. When you when you have Constitution has not ran it um, outside of uh, well actually he's never run it has run close to it uh, a mile and three eighths in native yeah. Chile um, and the mile and three eighths at Belmont but I think First Constitution mm-hmm. is going to get uh, the first run and I think uh, obviously First Constitution is going to win it's every pull get every call and uh, that's what I'm hoping for here uh, slight upset at nine to two is what I'm looking for uh, Louis what do you think? I landed on Lone Rock because I kept trying to beat Lone Rock, and I'm just not going to try to beat Lone Rock. Um, wins at all, <laughs> wins at Del Mar, wins at Oaklawn. The only time he loses is when he goes those those short races, like a mile and a sixteenth. Um, right. And so wins over the slop, wins. I mean, all kinds of places. Five of six lifetime at the distance. A crappy second the other time that he ran at the distance. Won this race last year with a hundred speed figure. So Belmont's mm-hmm. obviously not an issue. And so I just, I mean. Ramon Vasquez is about to win another grade too. Let's go. I mean, I'm all in for that. Let's go. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with you there. It just seems like Lone Rock, this is what he was born to do. He obviously right? loves they figured distance it out, yeah. and yeah, he just, he's so consistent, you know? And so you, you gotta love that on the opposite hand, there is a horse like Max player who, yeah. oh, gosh, oh Megan. Everyone drink. I don't even know what the drinking rule is. Just, just He's drink. still going around. You know what it is, though? <laughs> the only reason why I considered him as second choice is because I have said from the beginning, this horse is such a plotter. Such a plotter. That, like, okay. 
maybe a mile and a half is what he's wanted to do this whole time. He's never gotten to go that distance before. He's obviously wanted a mile and a quarter, which he did at the slop and then again at Saratoga. So, you know, he, the Derby was not his game. He was he was never going to win and beat Authentic there in Tisla. But I actually, like, the further we go with this horse, the more I like him and the older he gets. And, you know, he technically is a grade one winner already, but they still are yes. keeping him in training. He's had a lot of time between races. I feel like there's been times that they could have potentially retired this horse. Maybe they're just looking for a stud deal. I don't know. But he's just stayed in training. He stays around. He shows up in these spots. And he still has run some big numbers. Granted, the last two were a little bit of a decrease from his best numbers. He did run up against Olympiad last time. I, again, it's kind of the same thing as Lone Rock. I think a mile of 16th is just way too short for him. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. I do like since they changed it up and had him a little bit more, you know, a little quicker from the gates um, and just said, hey, he's got one pace. Let's just hope it holds out. You know, <laughs> let's just hope that he's able to get out there uh, and stay out there. So, I mean, I think Lone Rock is the horse to beat. I just thought another potential um, only because let's give him a try at a mile and a half. Why not? We've tried everything else uh, is Max player there followed by um, Warren, who's kind of the same thing. You know, I think he's running a, um, a few other tracks like Remington park, Mountaineer, Lone Star, et cetera. He got some of his bigger wins there. So I, you know, Max player, I think is the classier of the, those two horses, but they're both going to try this, uh, this marathon distance. So I don't know. Max player is going to be like my new channel maker. I think is just what's going to happen. You know, the, we'll the get to channel maker I'll... later. Let's go. I know. The, the, don't even. The, the, the one thing I'll say on, on Lone Rock and why I'm fading Lone Rock a bit here is last time Lone Rock was at Belmont, Lone Rock lost to the six in this race, locally owned, who just uh, mm -hmm. lost to both First Constitution and Portos pretty handily in the first off the layoff uh, in the flat out. So, um, you know, it was a, it was an effort that stands out on the page because it, it was by far the, uh, the, the worst effort we've really seen from Lone Rock that was a listed stake, not a graded stake. Uh, really didn't show right. up. Obviously, didn't show up in the Razorback either uh, down at Oakland. But a little concern there. Um, obviously, Lone Rock has won at Belmont before, so I shouldn't be too concerned. But just well, uh, and has won I this noticed. race at Belmont before too, right? Yeah. He was the champion in 2021, so by 11 yeah. lengths. But I, we'll see. We'll see if that's the same uh, or if he's able to beat his best time um, with the with the victory <laughs> this year. Um, all right, let's go to the grade one. Jack Christopher, just kidding. The Woody Stevens <laughs> presented by Mohegan Sun for $400,000. Seven furlongs the distance here. I'm um, going with the one. Mike drop one to two odds. You guys differ? <laughs> no. No. Not, <laughs> okay. not different. No. Uh -huh. I'm interested to see how Morello runs after just an absolutely horrible performance in the Wood Memorial. But with that yeah. said, Jack Christopher. Yeah. Morello, Morello I mean, wants agree. to go one turn. I totally agree with you. And so it'll be interesting to see him come back. But yes. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, come on. I mean, we saw, we were, Megan, you and I saw him on Derby Day. We know, we, we know what we saw. <laughs> you know, right? I mean, it, right. And that saw. was the question mark, right? It <laughs> yes. was like, oh, he was so good as a two-year-old. Can he come back here in the past a mile? And I think it's interesting, too, because everybody's like, are they going to stretch him back out? And they're like, no, he's, he's good at seven furlongs yeah. mile distance. That's where we're at. This is what he's good at. So, um, yeah, so I, I actually really like this path for him, too. And, you know, my main concern with Jack Christopher when everybody was talking about him as the, the future derby winner, right, uh, before he 
<clears throat> before he was injured was like he's a Munnings. Like what this mm. horse wants to go a mile, maybe a mile and a sixteenth and less than that. So I absolutely love kind of the reconfigured plan now that he obviously passed the Derby um <clears throat> and was out there. So yeah, I, I just think it's his race, which is great, by the way, if you agree with us, because you got that $1 minimum for the pick six, and this is the start of the pick six. So essentially, yep. it's like a free square, right? So if you're playing that, this is that's the way to go, for sure. I think you single Jack Christopher, and you just move on to the rest of them. Um, race number seven is the grade one Ogden Phipps for half a million dollars for Phillies and Mayors, four years old, and up a mile and a 16th. Um, which is also a one-turn race here at Belmont Park. Ah, yes, the old one-turn mile and a 16th. Let's go, New York. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why not, right, I guess? <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, hands up for Latruska. Are we going with Latruska, or are you guys going elsewhere? Oh, I think, we, I think we forget it was Malathad who was better than Lutruska in the distaff, and frankly, by a lot. <laughs> this is the race the I was layoff. excited for because I feel like it was like, we're going to get some banter here. We're going to get some yeah, arguments with those two. Malathad second off the layoff here. Um, like Megan pressed two horses earlier, I'm going to press two because I do think there's a chance Malathad yeah. jumps up here. Uh, it's Lutruska and Malathad for me um, in the Ogden mm. Phipps. Very cool to see the two of them on the track together again. I do think yeah. there's a chance that that the Malathat wins this race because again, I thought she ran really, really well in that, um, in the distaff just got caught at the end there by, um, by Marshall Loren, but so did everybody and literally lost by half a length. I had her in a lot of tickets that day. That would have been a very helpful one. Um, ran a one Oh two in that distaff, uh, as a speed figure. I get it, man. Latruska. I mean, I, what are her numbers that I wrote down here? She's 19 of 25 lifetime. The yeah. horse just likes to win. When you walk, when you see her in person, she looks like a giant colt. I mean, it's, it's incredible, frankly. And so, uh, no, she's just a winner. She's, a she's an include. She is. She's great. It's awesome. I love her. And uh, but I'm one and three here in the auction. JD, to me, there are there are two things I can say about this field. Latruska likes to win. And Bonnie South likes to finish second. And that's what happened in the Ogden Pits <laughs> last year. And that's what's going to happen this year. Just punch nice. a one, two, exacta, and thank me later. There, there you go. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, I had Latrusca on top just because every time I've tried to beat her, I fail. Um, right. So, you know, she's seven, seven for eight of this distance. She obviously does well at a mile 16. She does well wherever they bring her to. Like every time I've tried to doubt this horse, she's like, nope, hold my martini. Um, or margarita, I guess. And she's a the oh, you know, Mexican man, horse of the year, right? See? Like is that, that. Is that good? Man, I'm going to start a thing for like mom jokes. Um, but I will say I went back and watched the replays, uh, and the head-ons for both the races for Latruska and Malathat, because I do think that they're so closely, you know, you really, there's not much between them. Right. Um, uh, Latruska obviously has a little bit more, uh, experience, some more recency there, but Latruska drifted out, um, a little bit when she changed leads last time with, uh, Jose Ortiz and then Jose actually pulled her back inside. She switched off again because I noticed that in the replay. I wanted to make sure I knew kind of why that happened because sometimes horses will switch back to their left lead because they're getting tired, um, but immediately then corrected as soon as she was away from that other horse. So while I thought initially that might be a sign of a bit of fatigue for her or mm. maybe something to doubt a little bit, I, I truly do not think it was that. I think it was just the way that she was being handled with the reins um, and with the weight shift there for Jose Ortiz. Um, now, 
Malathad, on the other hand, I, I thought, although her performance in the Double Dog Dare at Keeneland was very good, she obviously won that day, um, but only by a little bit less than a length over Bonnie South, I thought she was a little bit tired. She needed steady encouragement throughout. Um, she's a horse that, she's versatile. You know, she's been off the pace before. She's led the field. Um, but she had pretty steady encouragement from Johnny Velasquez the entire time. And thank goodness she did, especially with that short stretch at Keeneland at the mile and the 16th, uh, mile and the 16th distance. Um, she was a little late to switch leads. Uh, Johnny, actually, they came into the stretch. She was still on her left lead, which is the leader on when they're coming around the turn. And she didn't switch, didn't switch. And Johnny kind of looked over and tried a couple of times to shift mm. his weight and then ended up taking his left stick and gave her three taps. Um, and then she finally switched back over. But, you know, it kind of looked like for her, for a horse that is super athletic, and she's kind of one of those, you know, bigger body types as well, um, super, super physically impressive horse. I thought maybe she needed that race. So, I mean, you can have two takeaways from that. Either she comes back and maybe she's not the horse she was last year, or she really needed that race to get the last bit of fitness that she needs to stand up against a monster like Latruska in here. So I did give Latruska the slight nod, but I think this is a two horse race between the two of them. I do think Clarier is getting better as she's getting older, but yes, I, I'm going to go with the one three. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, Race number eight at Belmont Park is the Jiper, the grade one event for $400,000. Horses three years old and up six furlongs on the Widener turf course. What? And the uh, last year's champ, Casa Creed, is back. We're seeing the return of a few horses that won these races last year. So we'll see if history repeats itself. Um, JD, let's go to you first. Who did you like in this one? Good size field here. Uh, is no one an appropriate answer? Um, I, I really, I, I, I've been scratching my head all day. Um, I, okay. I don't really have a, I don't really have a good even direction to go. I, I think you look at arrest me red might be in the best form, but it's so lightly raced, but also, you know, six wins and nine starts, $639,000. I mean, that's, that's saying a lot, but has not really done that against this quality of a field. Agreed. Um, you've got, you know, what what do you do about Philo de Ariana, who has looked amazing in Brazil, amazing at Woodland, and then or at Woodbine? Wow, they're going to kick me out of the press box. <laughs> um, I combined Keeneland and Woodbine. I was going to say looked amazing <laughs> at Woodbine on on North American debut. Looked I awful love Keeneland. At Keeneland. Yeah, um, yeah. If I could combine, <laughs> to be fair, two. Woodland is like a great name for a racetrack. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know you've got. You know, Casa Creed, who's, you know, coming off of the, um, you know, the the Middle Eastern trip. And you never know that bounce is real, but it's been a while. So mm -hmm. the works are good. 47 and four this week, 47 and one a couple weeks ago. Really, I, I, I think I don't even necessarily have a direction to point people in. Like, depending on how this goes, I'm probably going really light in other legs and I'm going to be five or six deep. But as yeah. of now, I can't, I, I can't even point you in or in a real direction other than, I mean, feel there, Yana, look at the race at Woodbine. I know it was allowance company going seven furlongs, but that was a very impressive North American debut. It was mm -hmm. all the way back June 27th of last year, but watch that race, watch the turn of foot, watch how right. Jane Wilson drives that horse out did not reach the bottom of that horse at all. I think he has a lot of, uh, of potential here starting his eight or with the second start of his eight year old season, just for 
just uh, five starts entering this race. Um, you know, three wins at Brazil and that win at Woodbine. So uh, a slight lean towards including nine on your ticket, and that's about all I can give you, Megan. Louie, do you have a clearer picture of this one? I do. Um, by the way, shout out, Woodland is the name of the mall that I grew up going to in Grand Rapids, Michigan. <laughs> um, well represented in our um, – actually, let me get the exact number off this thing, but I'll talk about it while that's downloading here. I think Rasmus Red <laughs> is your most likely winner um, in this one. But I like the ch the chances for the eight Scuttlebuzz, which is the local horse here. The rare turf closer uh, in the sprint bunch had a bunch of success. We know a race like this will have plenty of front speed. Six to one on the morning line. Second off the layoff, ran a sub 108 six furlong sprint over the Aqueduct turf last winter. I mean, come on. Major speed to me. Major contender to upset the field here. Luis Saez is on Costa Creed, who he mentioned. Lost twice in the, in the Arabian Peninsula. Again, though, that first race was going left-handed and showed up really well, ran second, okay? I heard Bill Mott once say that uh, horses going in those straight-line races that are trained in America usually are waiting for the turn. Like, they're waiting to, like, kick it on for the turn. And in those straight-line races, they, they, they just never really kick it on because they don't understand that they're just going straight. And so I think he's live here as well. So I went 5-8-4 in, in the old uh, Jiper. Yeah, I am. Um, <clears throat> I'm pretty close to you, Louie. I have the five rest me red. I feel pretty confident about him. I do think he is the most likely winner in here. You know, he is three for three at this distance. Um, he also has a win over the Belmont turf course. And keep in mind, you know, Wesley Ward brings a contingent of horses to Royal Ascot, especially this year. He's going probably with the strongest hand he's ever had. Um, and this horse specifically, he kept home, I think, for a couple of reasons. One, already a winner on this course, which I mentioned. Um, but two, he gets to avoid Golden Pal, who I yeah. think will win easily at Royal Ascot. And so, you know, kind of from a while back, this has been the race that they've been pointing towards for Arrest Me Red. So after his race in the um, in the turf sprint at, uh, at Churchill Downs, I thought he was definitely one to watch. I actually think five to two is a really fair price on him. That's how much I like I him and how much I trust Wesley Ward. So, you know, at least with his, he's done a lot of good, you know, his only two races that you can really fault him for were the mile and the 16th in the grade two bourbon. And then they tried him on the dirt at Tampa going six furlongs. And both those races were terrible, you know? And so if you take those two out, he essentially should be undefeated. Um, nearly in his career, minus that third place, which he should have won there at, at uh, Goldstream Park. I don't know what happened. I guess just first start back off the layoff two races back. But um, I think he's super, super talented. So I'm going to take that horse on top. I, You know, I gave Casa Creed a nod because uh, I agree <laughs> with you there. You know, I like him getting back to, to Belmont. This is a track that he does well over. Obviously, I like him getting back to a race with a turn in it. Um, last time when he won this race, he was not favored. He was about 10 to one, um, hmm. just over that. And in fact, that was a pretty good field of horses bound for nowhere. The Wesley Ward entry, um, for that year, that's been a horse that for a long time was really significant in some big stakes races. So it was a solid field, I thought in the Jiper and, you know, he came away the victor that day with the, the best number of his career. I just think that there are a few other horses in here that might be able to jump up, excuse me, at Rusty Red being one of those. Uh, I do have your eight horse, Louie, who yeah. is Scuttlebuzz, who ran really well without Lasix last time. But I actually put the 11 before that one in my third spot. 
chasing Artie for Safi Joseph and Johnny Velasquez. Oh, sure. So the comment lines say um, severe stumble at the start. And I watched the head on there at Churchill Downs. And one of the main complaints with why they're giving the turf course a break at Churchill Downs here recently is because it essentially is like sod, right? Like blankets of, of sod, little pieces like that. Um, and the roots haven't really taken a hold. So one of the complaints is that it's been a little slippery for mm. some horses. And that is entirely what happened at the start of that race. If you go and look, the horse, you can see it just slips as if there was a banana peel under its hooves. Um, and so his feet came out from under him there in the back and then in the front a little bit too. And then two horses broke in front of him and squeezed him. So he had to, to take up. Now, he still finished only four lengths off the leaders. Granted, it was eighth, but this was a horse that they, um, you know, Jose Ortiz kind of gave him a ride. He gave him a good kind of solid, hey, remember, we're racing. <laughs> um, bit of encouragement, but he didn't go after him with the stick. And he actually, not that he eased him, but he just, he was just ridden out. He was an ass at the end. It was, it was really a ride where they were like, you know, we're going to save this for another day. Um, obviously a long shot in here, but you know, chasing Artie, I think if you ignore that race and you say he can take a jump up possibly for a value play to round out your super or your try or whatever. Um, I think he's a, a solid contender in here because he's had the experience sprinting on the turf and uh, i think he's going to be a little bit better than what we saw plus johnny's already had a win on him um he won on him at uh at uh, goldstream park down there during the championship meet so i'll throw one more in there for you with the uh, with the 11. Cool. all righty we plus you gotta like it too um and i have to give a nod because they've been in the industry for a long time but uh um sarah ramsey uh, passed away here and Ken and Sarah Ramsey for a long time were such, you know, moguls of the sport here in Kentucky and had horses all, all over the place. And obviously kittens joy being their main stallion. Um, and they've continued to kind of breed with offspring of kittens joy. So it'd be nice to see chasing already get the job done there for, um, for the Ramsey family after that, after the death of the, the matriarch, but, um, Belmont race number nine is the grade one the Hillendale Metropolitan Handicap there for $1 million. Handicap race for horses three years old and up. Handicap meaning that the um, weights are assigned uh, to these horses based off their previous performances. So you see some higher weights in here, like 124, 125 pounds. One mile distance, obviously we talked about it again, but uh, one mile or one turn mile rather. Um, everybody, a short field. It seems like we're horses avoiding flight line is that what we think are we gonna mail it in with flight line here it seems like such a monster louie what do you think all right this is the one where i go against everybody me um, too okay <laughs> i think you have to determine if there's a chance for speaker's corner here at the distance he loves and make this a race or not they have handed oh gosh, flight yes. line the perfect amount of time between races he has improved every time out if you like flight line here i saw on twitter the other day from someone i really like that they think Flightline might set the mile record in North America this weekend. Okay. Um, you can, but you can't use both and make money on this, on this card to me. And so the stretch of Belmont is actually not as long as it appears. And Flightline does his best running on the turn. So if you want to make all those cases, all that's great. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say the local speaker's quarter pulls the upset. They just ran the same time at seven furlongs. One of those was at Santa Anita and one of those was at Aqueduct. And when we handicap the Oaks coming in, we always give the Oaks horses a couple of seconds off of their time at Aqueduct. They're always slower. I think that's an indicator that Speaker's Corner is ready. I will be singling Speaker's Corner in my late tickets. Wow. Okay. 
JD, JD tell me why I'm wrong. What are your thoughts on this? <laughs> you're, you guys are, if you're both going against Flightline, you are insane. <laughs> um, I, I get it. Obviously, some people, you know, some people trust buyer figures. Some people make their own speed figures. Some people do a combination. I'm going to give you an example. Okay. The last race we just handicapped, turf, turf, obviously female horses on the turf, but top speed figure in that race from time form of any of the, uh, any of the horses lifetime is 121. And these are top class. That's a really good field of sprinters. Mm-hmm. Flight line. 105, the top one, buyer, by the way. Yeah. Flight line, time form, last figure, 139. And yeah. speaker's corner last figure, 126. I mean, wh- anything above 125 is incredible in terms of the time form speed figures. And speaker's corner last race at 126, you never see that at Aqueduct. Mm-hmm. And flight line's last race was that good. Um, the 46 and 4 drill uh, before shipping, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was a thing of beauty. You watch that on Twitter and you think there is no possible way this horse can lose. So I'm drinking all of the Kool-Aid humanly possible. There's no nice. possible chance this horse can lose. Uh, <laughs> flight line, uh, first, uh, flight line may be good enough to finish first, second, and third in this race. Don't nice. tell me wow. how. Don't tell me why, but that's okay. That's how I feel. Megan. I'll be playing the one 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 box trifecta. <laughs> right. Um, all right. So technically, I know there are different racetracks. Technically, Speaker's Corner ran a faster seven for a long time by point of three seconds than <laughs> last time. Here's my thing. My I if I'm gonna go so short in all the other races and we're gonna get just a, a stupid, stupid odds on flight line. I might I might add some other horses and then maybe that's a bad betting strategy, mm-hmm. but I feel almost more confident about the chances of some of the other horses we talked about um than I do in here. And you know, flight line carrying his heaviest weight yet. He's getting four pounds heavier than he's ever had before. I'm not a huge weight person, so whatever. Um he has never raced outside California. He has never gone one mile before. Um, <clears throat> and that's not to say he can't. Obviously, he's passed every test with flying colors. He just seems no to get question. better each yep. and every time. Um, but, you know, I do like the fact that Speaker's Corner is, Corner is a, a horse for the course. Um, he has run a mile before and has done quite well at it. Uh, and maybe even there's a situation here because Flightline really has never had to never really had to compete with another horse um, that much. And so is there a situation, I'm just I'm just playing devil's advocate here, where Flightline and Speaker's Corner can hook up in a speed duel and Aloha West comes and picks up the pieces. Not unlike what we saw in the Breeders' Cup sprint. I don't know, I'm just speculating. He has also never gone a mile before and last time ran into Jackie's Warrior, but I just, I think you get a couple of monsters here with Speaker's Corner and Flightline. They're both super talented horses. And I just kind of wonder if this sets itself up for um, for a speed duel. So I, I truly do not know what I'm going to do in this race. I, I don't know why I don't, like, I'm not buying into the hype and jumping on the bandwagon with Flightline as much as some others. I, <laughs> I see time. I see the buyer's speed figures. I also see that he's... 
you know, he won the grade one Malibu, which I don't think was really a grade one field oh. minus this horse. So other than that, he's won a maiden special weight and an allowance optional claiming um, in short fields in California. I don't know. Aloha, Aloha West has broken like six times in 10 starts. And four of those races like has hit the gate badly. <laughs> like, I can't even trust Aloha Listen, West to run in a straight line out of the gate, let alone beat I'm this not field. saying that horse is going to beat flight line. I think Speaker's Corner gets the nod for me. I'm just saying I might, you know, get a little crazy in some tickets and include as like a just in case it slows up. Oh, oh man. So it's oh, just... I'm so glad I showed up tonight. This is great. Did <laughs> <laughs> we make your day? Oh, man. Who needs four wheels on a tire? Let's go. Uh, <laughs> the wheels are off uh, in this show. It's just off. Point. Let's go. God. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, anyways, enough about that. <laughs> about the um, let's go to a race where I'm going to use more horses, which is the Grade One Manhattan. Excuse me, the Resorts World Casino Manhattan Ooh. for seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I know. And the integer, of course, for four-year-olds um, and up, right? Not bougie. Where's the name? Um, JD, since you are the wizard of wisdom here tonight, with lines, <laughs> who are you going to in this spot? <laughs> I'm going to single channel maker. No! What? No! Hell yes. Talk to me. All right, this I, I is think like Channel my, Maker. my dream and my nightmare at the same time. I don't know how to feel about Megan it. Megan with so, so much feelings, pregnancy feelings, <laughs> so Channel I, Maker I, feelings. I loved Channel Maker for so long, and then I hated him for so long, and then he won last time, and I knew he was, and I said he was going to, and I, I just I can't. He exhausts me. Channel Maker <laughs> is my Channel Maker took the place of my Whitmore. And then who was the horse I mentioned earlier that takes the place of oh um, Mac, Mac Player uh, Max Player Max Player is my new channel maker so, so I mean, you call me with a mouthful of beer there too alright so why is channel maker gonna why is channel maker oh, gonna win this one why is he gonna go back to back for the first time since um like ever in his October career. of 2020 since, yeah since the sword dancer and the uh, and the Hirsch Turf Classic? I mean, come on. That wasn't that long ago. But, it feels but like I, it was I think, a long <laughs> It was that long, like it was okay. a long time ago. It was that long ago. Him, listen, when you play him every time, it feels like a long time ago. <laughs> I, I just think that this is going to set up, and there's going to be so much pace for Channel Maker to run into here. I think Tribune will go. Run I think Sandpin will go. He I think just now discovered he can sit off the pace. He's never run into anything in his whole life. <laughs> he's so he's a giraffe. He's a giraffe. Well, I know, know but sleep. that's what I'm saying is I think <sighs> Saez has unlocked some sort of thing that no one nice. found in seven years. I agree with that. I agree with that. And I think it took him, you know, the. I mean, I was there <laughs> wondering what the hell Louis was doing in the years. British Cup turf. Because it didn't make a lot of sense, but then you saw what happened in the Elkhorn, and this horse progressed. It was, like, it was and, the long game. 
<laughs> it was the long game for Sias really, here. And, really long game for this horse. <laughs> and Sias has them out again. So again, I'll go over it. I think he can sit and make one move with this horse. I think he's found that. And we've seen the attempt to do that. I think Manny Franco attempted to do that a few times. Yeah. I think yeah. Sias successfully did it last time. And I think the horse can do it twice in a row. And I think this is like... The, the swan song, Channel Maker wins and goes into retirement, and we find Channel Maker a nice home for the rest of I his mean, life. I mean, he's here. a gelding. Why go into retirement? Why not just keep running? You know what I mean? Well, no, you're going to go live with like, Megan. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if I could. That's how much I like have conflicted emotions about this. <laughs> I don't even I've know got an acre. Open, I got an acre here. Y'all send Channel Maker here after he wins a Saturday. Let's go. <laughs> so, again, one, seven, and nine, I think, yeah. all go. And I think Channel Maker, Sias has unlocked the box there for Channel Maker uh -huh. to make one run. And because I'm going to go so deep in the Jiper, I have to make stupid decisions. And this is the stupid decision I have chosen to make with my life. Louis. I love it. I love it. By the way, we, we grade the, the, if we think these are grade ones. And here's how you know this is a grade one. Mm -hmm. The one horse is Lamperator, trained by Chad Brown in a turf stakes in New York, is 15 to 1 coming out of a grade two win. That's how you know this is a grade one. I mean, this is is this the best race of the day as far as depth and unlikely winner? I mean, you're singling an eight to one, and that's to be contrarian, right? To be fair, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. So I mean, I, I think it's look, this is my all race of the day. This is it. Um, I think there are a bunch of horses in here who can win. Um, and so uh, if I think you can get serious value in the late sequence between a speaker's corner winning and then this race. And so I'm going to press all in this, in this leg, trying to hit that longer odds horse here, Megan. And so, um, I mean, even though it's not on the bougie turf course, which I vehemently am against, um, mm -hmm. I will, uh, I will go ahead and play error about it here because I would not, there are very few horses in this field. I'd be surprised <laughs> if they didn't win. This race, I just can't. Um, I mean, listen, I hate this race so much. <laughs> I I love it and I hate it. I'm gonna go with a horse that has done something for me lately, um, Goofo, and that is Stanton. Stanton, yeah. Uh, he has never gone this distance before, so it is a little bit of an unknown. But I was really impressed with what I saw last time in the mm. Turf Classic at Churchill Downs. I know that was one of those horses that we talked about pre-race and, and talked about the warm-up, talked about how he looked. Um, and, you know, it seems like this is a horse that they've allowed him to go longer. He has performed well at a mile and eighth. In fact, at Del Mar, in the Hollywood Derby, he finished second by a neck that day um, to a horse named Beyond Brilliant. Uh, but I, I do like, you know, in races like this where you have unknowns, is this horse going to be okay getting this distance, whatever. I go to pedigree um, and the dam actually of this one was second to lady Eli in the grade one flower bowl at Belmont over the, the mile and a quarter distance. So, and that was um Sentiero, Sentiero Italia, pardon me, if anybody remembers that one. So I, I like Santin a little bit, like I said, there's an unknown factor there, but I think that horse certainly has a chance. The six rock emperor for Chad Brown, I read Ortiz at 10 to one, which yep. you never see. Uh, last time yielding turf course there at Belmont, like JD said, you got the weather report earlier. I think you just draw a line <laughs> through that, that race last time he finished fifth beaten by 37 lengths. So I think that's, we can just say that the horse was essentially pulled up by Dylan Davis. You're getting Irad Ortiz, um, on, I think for, 
maybe the first time, at least the first time I can see uh, in Since a while. Since the sword dancer last year, yeah, at, at Saratoga, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's been um, a while. You're right. Right, yes. And, you know, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see if this one can get there. But I, I just thought the price for a Chad Brown, I read, or Keys Horse was certainly – you know, good enough to play. Obviously, Gufo is included in that situ in the conversation for um, Christophe Clement. Angelo Rosario has done pretty well with the top three finish, uh, first, second, and third, on all three times he's run at this distance before. So you include that one. The four Adamo for Chad Brown was also um, a, a decent showing at, at Churchill Downs. Granted, this horse was favored that day and finished third. Beaten by six legs, beaten by Santon, uh, the horse that I chose earlier. But I think second start off the layoff is going to be a really big deal for this one. <clears throat> and I think he does still have a lot to show. Lovie and Pratt riding a lot of the really, really good horses for Chad Brown right now. They've got a good thing going. So the fact that he shows up on this one, I think, is certainly a good indication. And then I will add Channel Maker because why not? But you know, JD, if I put Channel Maker on my tickets, he does not win. I'm just warning you. By the way, okay, so. so you know what? You know what, bleep it. Uh, I hope you have the hashtag ready. Louis Longshot is in this race. I think there's a serious contender for Louis Longshot. The five okay. in love, Paulo Lobo, Alex Achard. I, that horse last year wins at Kentucky Downs at a mile. At Keeneland, Comes yeah. back, wins at Keeneland in a grade one. Runs in the Breeders' Cup mile and finishes seventh, but finishes within three and a half lengths. Is right there. The space blues, yeah. Yeah, it comes back. Is, is frankly right there again at Keeneland in the Maker's Mark Mile again. Finishes eighth, but within three lengths. This is a serious horse. And if you give this horse a little bit more distance, which we're doing in this race, I think he's a serious shot. 15 to one. Give me Alex Achard, who won his first grade one last year. Won a couple of them um, with this, or won the, uh, the, the, the one grade one with this horse last year. Coming back second off the layoff, Paulo Lobo, 21% at that level. I, I really, at 15 to one, that's how open I think this race is. That horse has a serious shot here. I don't want to one-up you, Louis, but my closing thought in this race <laughs> was going to be that I could guarantee that a long shot hits the board, but it's not your I mean, horse. Yep. Tokyo Gold. <laughs> Tokyo Gold. This horse did absolutely nothing wrong in the Belmont Derby <laughs> Invitational last year, finishing second with Johnny Via board. And if you're not going to win with Johnny Via board, what do you do? You fly in the regular rider for this horse, Christian Demuro from Paris. Let's go. For this lone mount. Let's go. Incredible. So Satoshi Kobayashi, I mean, this horse has done nothing wrong. You know, last year won the uh, won the Italian Derby. It's a mm -hmm. group. That's a Group Two affair. I mean, that's a serious race. <laughs> and came and almost won a Grade One on this turf course on I the agree. turf, going a mile and a quarter. I think this horse is going to factor into the closing of this race. That's why I'm all so, in this race. Basically, anybody. This is anybody's game here so. for this one. Yeah, it's it's it seems to be so. If you which are, which means uh, uh, Gufo is going to win by open lengths, and I'm sorry that we talked this long about <laughs> this. I can't, I can't. Right? Yeah. yeah, right, exactly. I yes. mean, it's let's hope not. <laughs> um, all right, so that brings us to the feature race. Well, I guess they're all feature races because they're grade ones, but you know, the triple crown race, um, the Belmont, the grade one event presented by Naira Betts um, for one point. $5 million, million a mile and a half there at big sandy is that a dad joke i feel like i get a dad joke hashtag for that. million <laughs> exactly um <laughs> okay megan to go to first <laughs> louie oh okay do we want to do our normal thing where we go through the whole field because it's one of our uh one of the classic races i mean sure yeah let's do that 
Oh my. Okay. All right. So the one, we the people. Um, I don't even know. We don't have a terrible term. It, well, at Preakness, it was uh, Preakness or weak mess, right? Isn't that what you came up with, uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So is uh, Belmont or Bel Nah? All right. So uh, Bel we the people. Belmont? Or Bel Not. There you are. I like that even better. <laughs> All right. So um, we the people. Belmont. Bel or Bell not. <laughs> I am very Belmont on We the People. Reminds me a lot of Totalist, I'll be very honest. What? How? <laughs> oh, okay. You think he's got no shot here, really? No, I, I think oh. he has a shot. I just don't get the Totalist reference. Oh, um, Totalist only ran in one classic race that year, and, and I won money on him, so he reminds me of Totalist, because I think he's got a shot here. Oh, so you mean Flightline. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I've never won money um, on Flightline. No one's won, won money on Flightline. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go ahead. So Jay. the thing JD. I'll say here is, and I stole. I'm completely stealing this line. Uh, Ray Paul came up with this line. Does we the people have the constitution to make a mile and a half? Oh, see, man, see, just hit the hit the thing. Do the producer thing with the with the dad and the stuff and the whatnot. Yeah, and all no. that. And the, so. That, now that's a concern. That. And my other concern is I like horses that Bobby Flay buys at sales, and I like horses that Bobby Flay breeds. I don't like mm -hmm. when he 11th hour buys into horses. They never win. <laughs> and this oh, is okay. a case where he bought into this horse on Monday. Um, so <clears throat> that that is something that's a little scary. But obviously, this is a Belmont horse. Okay. Megan. Right. Yes. Agree with you there. He is not my top selection. But he is oh, sure. included in my top three. Um, and, oh. you know, I will say, by all accounts, he seems to be a difficult horse, although not the level of difficulty of Rich Strike. Who's, I don't know what's going on with that horse. He's more bonkers. But, um, but Rudolph Rousset, um was the longtime assistant for Belmont. He has done an excellent job. He's such a good horseman and rides many of them himself. Um, his wife ponies for him and, and helps him out too. I don't know if he's technically an assistant or not, but um, I guess this one has been kind of a tricky horse to figure out. And so the fact that he's been able to manage him so well over his career, um, I think is, is important. Now, when it comes down to post time, you know, obviously it doesn't help you if you're playing a multi-race wager, but the one time that this horse just failed miserably in his career was the grade one Arkansas Derby. And he was extremely washy that day. And so if you are watching and you're playing this race, you know, singly or whatever, or you're playing the, the, the Belmont double or whatever, and you see this horse washing out, I, I don't think, I think that's a really good indication that he's just kind of lost his mind. It could be a lot for them, you know? And so hopefully they've kind of, remedied that maybe they've schooled him a lot more or, or whatever it is but um it's certainly something to keep in mind when you get a, a comment line like that and that is really accurate so yes we the people is a belmont horse all right so skipping long stocking is the two ran in the preakness finished uh fifth beaten by seven and a half lengths jd we go to you first belmont or bell not i'm gonna say belmont here uh, i think this was a a good performance in the Wood Memorial. Um, ran his heart out in the previous finished fifth, and I think that's been enough to be uh, a conversation for the trifecta for this race. So I don't like the 20 morning line. I think we're going to get off of that. I think the long stocking is a Belmont horse. Megan. Bell not for me. I am also Bell not. All right, we move on to the Philly. 
the three nest. Pletcher choosing this spot. That. I know it's my guy. I know <laughs> the bun and the chest hair and all the beautiful things. Um, we go to nest Jose Ortiz, Todd Pletcher, Megan, we go to you first at your home track, your home triple crown race. And cause I'm the lady of the show. A lady. A lady. <laughs> the lady of the show. And this is the Philly of the Belmonts. Um, she is a Belmont horse for me. I like her a lot. I think she mm. has a really solid chance to, um, you know, if not win this race, then at least finish in the top three. I think, you know, you've got the same connections as Rags to Riches, who won the 2007 Belmont Stakes for Foley yep. Stables, Todd Fletcher. Um, <clears throat> she... I don't think Pletcher puts her in this spot if she's not a superstar. And from what I saw from her in person in Ashland, granted she's never faced the boys before, she did look like a superstar. I thought she ran very well in the Kentucky Oaks. Um, you know, that was a tough race as well uh, in many regards. But um, she she she's done really well at a mile and an eighth before. She won the Demoiselle. Granted, that was at Aqueduct. But she, she is bred to go further. Um, she's a full brother idol who won mm, the great yeah. Santa Anita handicap. Um, yep. And I believe that distance is a mile and a half granted, or I'm sorry, a mile and a quarter, yep. um, a mile and a half. But um, yeah, I think she's, she wouldn't be in here unless she had a really solid chance. So uh, yes, Belmont horse for me. I am bell not on nest only because of the field. Okay. JD, where are you? I am Belmont on this horse. Um, I do think she has a, a chance to spring the upset here. Awesome. Yeah. Love it. All right, and now the um, the horse that I need to win this race because I have to do a bunch of freaking radio next week. Um, Rich Strike, the four, the Kentucky Derby winner. I am Belmont on this horse. I didn't think I would be coming into this race, but every freaking workout this horse has put in, he looks like the freaking Derby winner. I like the time off. I like, actually, if you look, after, um, after October, they ran this horse in nothing but at least listed stakes. They actually thought something of this horse. It took him a while to put it together. Did he need the perfect trip in the Derby? Of course he did, but everyone does. Uh, JD, what say you for Rich Strike? I'm going to keep it simple. Bell not. This, this race is not. This race is not being run at Churchill Downs. 0 for 6 outside of Churchill Downs. Um, looks great training at Churchill Downs. I think there is a reason why they didn't ship this horse early and had this horse do all of the training at Churchill Downs. I think this is a Churchill Downs horse, a very nice horse, but I think Rich Strike finishes off the board and not by yep. a particularly uh, small margin. Okay. Yep. Megan, same? I agree with that completely. It is a bell not horse for me. I do not get the hype. Here's the thing. You know, yes, every horse needs a perfect trip. And to be fair, and I will give credit to Sonny Leon because uh, I don't think any, like, I don't want to say, he's obviously an experienced rider, right? But I don't know that you would get, riders that we see kind of in that top tier level make the kind of moves that he did in the belt in the derby rather like sure. from the pulling this way and pulling that way and whatever like um and he needed to and, and it won him the race and so it was a, an excellent excellent ride we don't have two international horses that are going to take off here you know uh and one of which the horse from um from dubai yeah, that got loose yeah. in the post parade yeah i mean it's right. Uh, no, that wasn't the horse's name. Not Gold, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. Um, I don't remember what it was. Yeah, it was yeah, too I'm long sorry, ago. I'm... It was a month ago. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, you, you don't get the same setup. I agree with JD. He's looked fabulous over the Churchill Downs track. He trained beautifully leading up to the, to the Derby. I will say that. I went back and kind of watched some of the video that I had taken of him, and I was like, oh, you know what? He actually looked really good. He is 
a super strong horse. He's a bad actor. He's been rearing up. He's been, it doesn't really seem like he's settled at all. And I don't know if that's a good indication for him or not, but I just think he's in over his head. I mean, I, I don't know. Not for me. He's just okay. a Belmont horse one, for me. One thing I'll add real quick. I'm happy that Sonny Leone is getting there the day before because I was worried yeah. he was yes. going to run somewhere else. But here's what he's doing. So uh, today he ran three at Bolterra, then he went to Horseshoe Indianapolis Road Race, and then he's fl he flew out and has a, uh, a mount in race two tomorrow at Belmont. Which what I think one. is really important too because the – the Belmont track is so interesting and that turn is so big and yep. the finish line is in the spot that it is that like, that's one of those tracks that you hear, you know, hall of fame riders talk about Mike Smith will talk about and be like, if you don't know how to ride the Belmont track, you don't know how to ride this race. Like it's, well, it's he won't so learn different until than everything Saturday else. Because right. he, his one mount tomorrow is on the turf, which isn't okay. going to help. In the turf. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he's got so he's it, got a dirt allowance. He's in race one. He's got him out on race one on Saturday. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Yeah, and right. and he's going to need it because it's honestly this is a race. This is a track you got to practice on, man. I just don't think you can come in and not know and and win this race. Personally. There you go. All right, so two bell knots and a Belmont for the Derby winner and we go to creative minister. I think one of the more interesting three-year-olds that we have this year uh, finishes a good third in the Preakness. We'll go to JD first Belmont or bell not. I'm going to unmute myself and then I'm going to say, <laughs> Belmont. Um, I do think I that creative minister is the course that can sit right behind the weed, the people and get the first run. Yeah. So I always would include a horse like that could get that easy of a trip uh, to win the Belmont stakes. So creative minister is a Belmont horse for me. Uh, for me as well. I think creative minister is in the superfecta. Megan, what say you? Uh, maybe he's in my fourth place spot. I mean, so ish. Yeah. Technically, if we're going like top four, your super picks for the Belmont, then yes, he is technically a Belmont horse, but not uh, by a, a lot for me. All right, so we move on to the six, Mo Donegal. Um, I have Mo Donegal on top in this field. It's turned out to be a pretty darn good wood memorial, so it is a Belmont horse for me. Megan, what say you? Yes, Belmont horse. He is absolutely in my uh, in my top three. He ran a pretty good race in the Kentucky Derby. And, yep. uh, I mean, obviously the form is splattered, like you said, with early voting winning the Preakness. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, he's in there for me. And J.D.? I'm going to be consistent. If I don't like Rich Strike as a deep closer in this race, I don't like Mo Donegal as a deep closer. Oh, okay. Race. I will not. Very good. <laughs> All right. We go down uh, now to Dylan Davis and the seven golden glider for Mark Cassie. Ran in the Peter Pan and ran second. Sometimes that is a good indicator for Belmont success. This is a bell not for me. JD, what says you? This is a bell not for me, but I, I, I think better than a 20 to one horse in this field. I also agree with that. Megan? Bell not. Okay. All right. By the way, I am just getting down to my fingers. We are an hour and 26 minutes into the show. Shout out to our guys at Single Barrel Cigars. Last horse yeah. in the field is Barbara Rowe, John Ortiz. Joel Rosario did run in the Derby. Ran a decent sixth, frankly. I think people forget that Barbara Rowe ran a pretty good race in the Derby. Megan, what say you about Barbara Rowe? Listen, I'm just pissed that Johnny Ortiz told me on the phone, you're the first to know I'm going to take the blinkers off this horse in the derby. And then I see him <laughs> on the track school with blinkers. And I was like, 
You jerk. Are we not doing that? Is that not a thing? And he was like, oh, yeah, I decided not to take them off. Now they take the Blakers off in the Belmont. I don't think it's going to help. Listen, uh, you know, I uh, – it does seem like maybe the more distance for this horse is better. So maybe he loves a mile and a half. He's definitely a, you know, horse that needs something to run at. I, I wouldn't – I don't know if I'd call him a plotter, but it takes him a while to get going. So he's going to have to work that entire turn at uh, at Belmont if he's going to do something. So I – I'm I'm a bell knot for Barber Road, maybe because I'm just salty. Okay, <laughs> go JD. What say you? Uh, Belmont horse for me has been in the money seven of nine, and I think can do it again here. I don't like on the win end, but can pick up the pieces. Uh, can uh, be closer than Rich Strike and Modonagal, and beat both of them home to get third or fourth. All right, so I think we're gonna have really different Belmont stakes outcomes here so we'll go to megan first as this is her childhood track the place where she fell in love with thoroughbred racing as her dad and his friends were crushing beers and screaming about the form in the megan, backyard what, and what say you about the belmont the form. i don't know anything about the form actually that's not true his friends do <laughs> yeah i said friends. um <laughs> <laughs> yeah shout out to uh to billy and greg um i i've got listen i'm gonna try to take a shot with the upset with nest i think it's nest um we the people and mo donegal for my top top three i guess i guess i put creative uh whatever in the fourth spot <laughs> creative whatever in the fourth spot jd <laughs> what say you <laughs> just like all really of my endeavors this. creative whatever <laughs> I mean, no um despite everything i've said <laughs> yeah but despite everything i've said here um i'm going to bet that we the people can wire this field and i will let the rest of the field prove me wrong yeah i'm six one up top modonical is the closer we the people i think the possibility of him getting out front and staying out front is absolutely legitimate um and then i have four five in my last two spots there so i'm six one four five in the belmont i guess we were a little uh closer jd you and me but uh Nest would be an interesting story. Who was the last Philly to win the Belmont? Does anyone know? Rags to Riches in 2000. There it is. So it would have to be a Rags the same to connection. type race. There you go. All right. Todd Fletcher and Rapoli Stables. I said that. There you go. <laughs> so, there you go. <laughs> so none of did us thinking Ridge Strike there. I did. I was far my whole spiel on this. Nest. Um, I'm a terrible person. Yeah, no, none, of, none of us picking <laughs> Nest. Or, I'm sorry. I am picking Nest. None of us picking Ridge Strike uh, to win the Belmont. So we will see if all of us are proven wrong by this wild card of a horse. Uh, by the way, I really loved just to like toot my own horn for a second when uh, I think Pollock Report it was tweeted something about an article where it said Rich Strike getting better with the pony the further he goes. And I tweeted the pony and it was a picture of like an armored horse and rider. Medieval. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The only way that that's going to happen. All right. We have gone way long, but it is the triple crown races. So, I mean, what can we say? It's too many grade ones. But they're going to kick us out here. Closing time is now. But uh, thanks, guys. This has been a fun, a fun show. Thank you, Megan. Maker's going to ruin my whole life. We miss you, Big Fudge. But, I mean, we couldn't have had time for another opinion anyways. All right. Back for the Cigars, our uh, sponsor there. This has been the Horse Racing Happy Hour. We will see you next week. Woo! That's a loud one. Bye. <laughs>